Welcome back to Save by the Spell. Today, I would like to talk to you about boundaries. Hot topic, I know. But boundaries is something we often hear. I would say more recently, people are learning to identify what boundaries are. And some people use boundaries as an excuse or, dare I say, (laughs) a tactic to avoid certain things. But also, as someone who grew up with people who absolutely had no boundaries or disrespected boundaries, it really confused me. I didn't understand the concept. And I want to talk to you about identifying the difference between your boundaries being crossed or you being uncomfortable with someone else's boundaries. Because a lot of this has to do with our own engagement. I've learned the hard way that boundaries for me have to be readjusted periodically. It's not, they're not a thing that you can set into place and then they stay there forever. Boundaries constantly and likely if they are healthy, have to be reassessed at, at all different times for all different reasons. Your schedules change, your your output, your input changes. There are just many different reasons um, that boundaries can be and need to be revisited. So my main issue with boundaries and how I know and recognize, and maybe not in the moment, but as I'm getting older, I start to notice that it becomes a real issue about energy and exchange. And symptoms for me with boundaries is I get extremely irritable. I start to feel resentment and agitation, and I feel depleted and drained. And a lot of times that to me is telling me that in some cases, you know, I've had to look at my work and be like, okay, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this work. When in actuality, it's, I'm not supposed to be doing the work that I'm doing this way anymore. So if you're having trouble, particularly with work, particularly with your job, and you're feeling depleted, and you're feeling annoyed and irritated, and not just at work, but like with the loved ones, everything, I want you to ask before you quit your job, before you fire your partner, before you leave your significant other, to just check in and see if, if it's a mismanagement or an imbalance in the giving-receiving department. Because sometimes it is. 
And yes, and sometimes it means you have to get out of a situation. But also, again, remember, if you're in healthy relationships, they should be evolving and not everything that once worked will work again. You know, one of the things that I learned in my sobriety and then even later finding out about my neurodiversity was that I didn't have to do everything that everyone expected me to and that, oh my goodness, even if it seemed like the world would fall apart, if I didn't manage everyone's expectations, including my own, that it actually would be okay. Sometimes some of the worst things that I've been called by people Yeah, it bummed me out. But did it kill me? No. The only thing that stole my energy and my spirit was trying to keep up a facade that I had a limitless amount of capability. Now, there's so many different types of boundaries, and I'm not going to get into it all today because I like to keep these episodes short for a reason. And it's the same way I teach the way I do. It's not because I want to just give you the service. It's because I want you to take accountability and responsibility for your own exploration. I want you, if you are invested enough and these things ring true to you, that you explore and dive deeper into your own healing and your learning. I'm not here to hand you your healing. I'm here to inspire you to wake up to it. Specifically talking about boundaries and my job and what that means. And I think if you are a practitioner of mystical things, you might find familiarity here. I used to answer all manners of distress calls by phone, by text, all hours of the day and night, especially between 2008, 2009, through even through 2015. And you know what would happen? I would lose my shit I would get sick, I would get injured, and then I would beat myself up because I would just let people deplete me because I, that was my own inability to see my own value and my own inability to, you know, give myself permission to take a break because we live in a capitalist society, but also because I didn't have anyone to tell me it was okay to say no. The thing is, we get handed a toolbox. Sometimes it has stuff in it. Sometimes it doesn't when we're growing up. Sometimes it's not the healthiest thing. And it's our job as adults to figure out what heirlooms we can pass on or, 
you know, trade in or melt down and recycle into something else. And some of us have to throw that whole rusty thing out because guess what? It's not getting us anywhere. So I've mentioned this sometimes, maybe not here, but I've definitely mentioned it when I've spoken in recovery stuff. I wasn't raised to be a good person. I was raised to survive. And that excuse can only go on for so long if you actually want to have real relationships and a good quality of life. So growing up, there was no boundaries. Everything was up for grabs. And you had to get really tough really quick or over it or you stuffed it down and you got bitter and resentful. Which translated over to my work, you know. And then I blow up or knowing now that I'm autistic, I realize I've had so many meltdowns and I would disappear and evaporate and so many people would get mad at me because I overpromised. And on a good day, I could do all the things that I wanted to do. But then there were days where they were bad. And I could barely function and I'd be laying on my floor and I'm supposed to be at an event and then meanwhile all the cool kids are mad at me because I let them down. I didn't show up. And that's happened multiple times in my life. And I didn't have the tools or the words to explain what was happening to me. So, boundaries. I love that I have friends now that will ask me if I have space. Do you have space while I share this thing with you? And there's still plenty of people on the internet that don't care how many times I ask them not to DM me. They'll still will. And I just have to get better at managing how I interact and how offended I get because it really isn't personal. But it can feel intense when you're already giving a lot of output. So how do you have boundaries? Well, I think healthy boundaries require a lot of things. Consent, conversation, learning how to check in and regulate with yourself, And I'm not good at it. Two weeks ago, I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit everything. I wanted to quit. Maybe I should stop doing readings. Maybe this is too much. Maybe I'm not supposed to be doing it. And then I got a reading (laughs) from another reader, Karen Rentowski, who is amazing. And she was like, you're not quitting. It's, it's a boundary issue. And you know what? It was like a bell went off. And I went, oh, my God, this again. I have to readjust again. Because she was like, you're not, even when you're not reading, you're working, you know? And you have no reset time. And we minimize and applaud and reward Overproductivity. And some people might go, Marcel, you're so productive though. 
I am and I'm not. I mean, I, I am in a very intense way when I'm inspired. But then I pay for it. And um, so there's some new regulations coming, you know. There's some things that I have to do that I don't have to tell you about. (laughs) And the same thing for you. There are things that you're going to have to do if you're feeling yourself and your boundaries being constantly pushed and pressed. And that can include people you love that are clearly taking more than you're able to, like, than they're able to give back. You have to measure these things. And you know what? In some days, you'll be able to give more. Some days, you'll be able to give less. It's not a tit-for-tat thing. It's not like a keeping score thing. But I really want you to pay attention to what is depleting you before exiting the building, because I've done that, too. In relationships, instead of standing up for my needs or saying what my expectations were or not even like being able to have a conversation I would just exit I would evaporate I would disappear I'd be like you're not listening like at the moment I felt disrespected or not listened to or not heard um or gaslit about my needs I would just leave your life (laughs) and um that's not fair either some people do need to be left. Let's just say that. And I got a really interesting email about someone who is interested in teaching, especially with teens. And, you know, I teach tarot for teens with the library, with the LA Public Library and things like that. And they were really, like, concerned about ethically teaching teens to read because there are people that might take advantage of them and their energy and also like how much do they know as a teen and I want to say this anything you're teaching you should be teaching ethics about boundaries I tell people all the time you are not obligated or beholden to do a reading for anyone so if you're in this work or any of the work that's available out there you're not You are not beholden to anyone. Can you have a passion and a sole purpose to help heal others? Yes, you can. Do you have to help every single soul on this planet? No, you don't. That would be insane. I think teaching anyone, teens included, should be taught that their energy is precious and valuable and that maybe it's not about going, oh, but they don't have experience because I see a lot of young readers and, you know, before readings had grown in popularity the way you see it now, I was one of the younger ones. And people wouldn't give me the time of day half the time because they would look at me and assume that I didn't know what I was talking about or they didn't have life experience. However, I started meeting people that needed my specific brand of experience. I do have experience. Unfortunately, a lot of it came from trauma. But I realized something. 
yeah, there might be younger people that are doing readings and they might have a different life experience, but maybe they are going to touch on and reach someone that needs them. So before we assume that younger people don't have the capacity, just like we might assume that older people are rigid or not aware because we've lost a complete respect for our elders as a society, which is heartbreaking. But before we make any assumptions about what people can and can't handle, why don't you ask them first instead of assuming for them? Because that's a boundary cross right there. Hear people out and then make the decision. Is this the right person to sit with? And the same thing, you know, I think it's important for a lot of us to take up space, especially when we weren't allowed the opportunity for generations. But I also think it's really smart and wise to also shut up and listen. Because sometimes we want to blow in to everyone else's life and tell them what we know. I understand the excitement. But your path is your path for a reason. And sometimes I would find telling people what I thought could help them would only alienate them further if I wasn't asked. So now I wait. And I mentioned this in the last episode I did with Jessa that I stopped giving like unsolicited advice And that is something that I think in the spiritual community, that is a pet peeve of mine. People showing up in my DMs or my emails or voice noting me messages that they've received from their guides and they haven't asked for my permission. Please don't do that. That is a major boundary violation. Please don't show up in other people's classrooms when you're supposed to be there for the teaching and then hijack the students for your own benefit. It's another boundary crossing. There is a a sense of entitlement when that happens. I don't think you should stop yourself from being of service and offering a hand, but just look at the context and look at where you are and look if you are a person that you've received this very important message from. Look, ask if they're ready to receive it. Just because you get a message doesn't mean the person is ready to receive it. Also, the other thing that I want to put out there with psychic boundaries especially is I've had many a reading in the past where the reader was really convinced of something very traumatizing that happened to me. And while I've had some traumatizing things, they would insist on certain things that did not happen in my current life. And I did not realize this at the time. But it would be so disturbing because they were acting like I was in denial and I was never going to get over it and I was fucked up and wounded and yada, yada, yada. What I realized in hindsight is they were reading either a past life or an alternative timeline, or they were reading from a relative's perspective, a spirit. We have to be mindful of these spaces and places that we're holding for people. We have to go deeper in our 
channels and our intuitive gauges and get to know your specific channel. Some people will demand that we do predictive readings for them when we're not predictive readers. You know, we have many different gifts and things to offer. So don't assume that all readers should tell you who your partner is, how many children, if that's what you want or are going to have, what are your, you know, just like future stuff that also can change. Boundaries. So there are many ways to work with boundaries in a healthy way and know that, again, you are allowed to revisit boundaries, especially as you grow and elevate yourself or you shift your practices or the way you do things. Not everything can stay the same, right? I am not an herbalist, but I have um, herbalist friends, and I know and have heard that working with yarrow is very good for boundaries. I would say energetically checking into your own auric field as a means of having healthy boundaries as well. One way you could do that is I would say, if you want to do it with me now, you just close your eyes. If you're not driving, obviously. (laughs) Close your eyes. And I want you to tune in to your energetic field, your auric field. We all have one. And just get a sense for how far out it is and around you in all directions, all the way around, above, below. Is it close? Is it really far out? Does it feel muddy? Does it feel clear? Does it feel like soft, diffused light? Just tune into what it is. And check in. Notice if there is like a color or a hue to it. And as you do, I want you to notice if there is anyone else's energy kind of hanging out or muddled in with yours. Do you notice any dark spots or cloudiness, any rips or tears? And the next thing I'd like you to do is just take like a nice breath in through your nose. And bringing in a beautiful wash of crystalline light and allowing it to permeate your field. Allowing any pockets or if it feels compressionary areas to stretch out, if it feels blown out to pull it back in. Just making it a very powerful and unique shell of energy and light around you. Removing and releasing and washing away anything that is not yours to carry consciously or unconsciously. Releasing anything from the collective energies that does not support your highest mission. 
releasing any family cords or attachments or bonds, any hooks or tears, sealing and repairing. Bringing in another breath and giving it a once over. And on your exhale, feel it sealed and released. That is just one way to check in with your field. Again, you can work with uh, herbal allies. There are stones like black tourmaline, which is great for, you know, protecting and shielding your energy from negativity. Smoky quartz, which is great for also grounding and transmuting. If you are feeling spiky, give yourself what you need in that moment to feel relief on your nervous system bring softness back into your day and if you need more time more time alone or more time with those that bring you peace to your nervous system then do it I want you all to be especially gentle with yourselves after this most recent eclipse portal it was a wild one, and I think we're going to continue seeing its um, magic and benefits and also some of the wreckage for the rest of June. So just be gentle, and as always, be good to each other. Blessed be. Blessed be.